0: I <laughs> Everybody and welcome to a special edition of "It Was a Thing on TV." Presents Greg here with you right here on Podbean, but of course, right now I'm on Stream Lounge, and I am doing a special lot. Now, this is not a live show in the live show official continuity for the show, but I figure since I'm going to be starting another podcast by myself real soon on the place to be wrestling network. I figured, well, I might as well try to see how I do by myself for a change. And I'm going to do a special live watch of a WWF house show from around this time of the year in January of 1986. So when I release this on Podbean, it's going to be released on Wednesday, January 11th. It will be 37 years to the date of this show. That's scary. 37 years. Well, we're all getting old. And on this show, let me see how many matches are on this show. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight matches. So let me uh, run down the card from top to bottom. We got Lanny Poffo against Terry Gibbs, Moondog Spot against Scott McGee, Wes Thornton against Cousin Luke, Tito Santana defending his Intercontinental title against the macho man Randy Savage, Roddy Piper and Cowboy Bob Orton against Paul Orndorff and Bruno Sammartino, Terry Funk against Pedro Morales, Iron Mike Sharp against George Wells, and then Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik against the Junkyard Dog and Corporal Kirshner. And I should note that there was another show this same night, because this is what the WWF used to do. They used to have, like, an A squad and a B squad. And this was clearly the B squad that was wrestling the Boston Garden tonight, because this was the card at the Spectrum in Philadelphia that night, which was aired on the PRISM Network. We have Danny Spivey beating Ron Shaw. Jim the Anvil Nightheart battling to a time limit draw with that jabroni Brian Blair. Hercules over ST Jones. Adrian Adonis pinning Tony Atlas. King Tonga, that's Haku, beating Tiger Chung Lee. WWF champion Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant beat King Kong Bundy, Big John Studd, and Bobby the Brain Heaton in a handicap match at twelve seventeen when Andre pinned Bobby Heaton with a boot to the face. And then Bret Hart beat Ivan Putski, and then Ricky Stiebough beat Don Morocco. And then the main event, Davey Boy Smith, the Dynamite Kid, the Dynamite Kid, the British Bulldogs, beat the WWF Tag Team Champions of the Dream Team of Greg Valentine and Bruce Beefcake, but by disqualification. So no title change. But if you listen to episode 148 of the Mothership Podcast, Obviously, you know, they won the tag team titles at WrestleMania 2. And, of course, as Grohl Monsoon would famously say for the rest of the year to WrestleMania 3, when regards to Brutus and Greg, the nightmare at the Rosemont Horizon. So, yeah, this this is going to be the second live show I'm doing. I did a live show back in June of last year. Not a live show. It was a thing on TV Presents solo last year that I did in my car. So, this time, going completely raw. Not Monday Night Raw, but raw. But not raw as in New Woo! What the hell is that? That's New Okay, so what you're going to do is you're going to go to Peacock. Or, if you're one of the lucky ones not in the States that still has the WWE Network. Go find WWF Boston Garden uh, 1986 under WWE Old School and whatever the season is for 1986. Go find that and search the January 11th, 1986 show from the Boston Garden that aired on Nesson. Search that. Pause your stream at the 0002 mark. So two seconds into the stream. And then when I hit. Play after I give a five-second countdown, yet play, okay? Five, four, three, two, one, play. And I should note, I'm not going to be paying attention to the whole show. I'm just going to talk about other things in regards to the podcast. And also, uh, as I'm recording this, it's Monday night. And the Georgia TCU college football playoff national championship games happening at the same time, so gonna be probably watching that on my Fire TV also while I'm watching this. So that's what's gonna be happening. And we just launched as a we I'm doing this on Monday. We did Cerotus Cord. That was a that was a, an interesting episode, going to the history of, uh, I guess, a pre-night court, night court, and hey, it had a uh, Fred Willard on it. I'm Always down to talk about some Fred Willard, but I gotta say, double trouble, Chico's Money in the Bank on Thursday—that's gonna be very good. Oh, Lanny Poffo, I think he's gonna give us a little poem here for the crowd. He doesn't even have any frisbees. He's just handing notes. I guess they're all, I guess they're a bunch of poems that he's throwing to the crowd, too. But okay, I want to hear this poem. Oh, that's a nice poem. That was a great job by Lanny. Although, those aren't pennants, Lanny, that's hanging from the Boston Garden. Those are banners. Oh, by the way, Grilla and Jesse are on commentary, so this is going to be very great. Oh, no. Lanny Papa got pushed by... What's his, Oh, Terry Gibbs. This Jabroni. But also we got a, I uh, should note, going back to the podcast, we got a makeup mini-sode that's coming out sometime this weekend, and also me and Chico did a live watch of Star Trek Five: The Final Frontier, where we're going to answer the question... What does God need with a starship? Apparently, they gotta take it to a distant planet somewhere and then find God. And then along the way, you run into David Warner and the planet of galactic peace. Eh. Oh, the guy. Felicity. decent crowd here at the Boston Garden for this show. Whenever the World Wrestling Federation invades anywhere, according to Grill, it's the hottest ticket in town, and I'm going to say it. I, I can't disagree. Oh, my goodness. Referee kicked Terry Gives his hand off the top rope. He was like, no, I'm not having none of that. I'm not having touch the rope. Kick it. Kick I got to note, one disappointment I was looking forward to, because one of the things that me, Mike, and Chico have looked forward to the last two years was the Nickelodeon wildcard game that was in conjunction with the CBS wildcard NFL playoff broadcast. And I just found out they're not doing a Nickelodeon broadcast this year. They actually used it on the Christmas Day game between the Rams and the Broncos cuz I believe Fox got an extra wild card game. Oh my goodness. They're they got an extra pair of like yellow steps that they're putting in. What happened to the did the steps break or something before the match? Yeah. But yeah, they're not doing the wild card game this year. And I think that's kind of disappointing. I me Mike and Chica, we have had great fun during the wild card game the last two years. And of course we had the, the one of our favorite moments was probably in the history of the podcast was during that bear saints Nickelodeon broadcast when Jimmy Graham made that garbage time touchdown catch with no time left and just went into the, and there's another pair of steps. There's another pair of steps. What, did they have to clean all the steps before the show? Did they not have the steps ready in time at the Boston Garden? I don't know. But yeah, the wild card game between the Bears and Saints, as I mentioned, Jimmy Graham, he made that garbage time touchdown catching. he was like, I'm not going to get slimed. F those kids. I'm going to go to the back and just stay there. Because screw the kids. I don't want to get slime for the kids. Ridiculous. <laughs> I knew Lanny was coming out. According to Jesse. So that's why I got my shades off. <laughs> and Terry gets just rammed. Lanny right in the corner. And just gives him a shot. And a slap. Did the gorilla ever wear pink? And gorilla says he wore yellow tights once. That must have been something on the eyes. Gorilla, monsoon, and yellow tights. And now lanny got arm bar. Chris Jericho. List of 1,004 holds. And then, oh. Crossbody 1, 2, oh, kick out. So yeah, if you actually notice, if you've listened to the Sorotis Court episode that was released, I kind of was uh, distracted a little bit. Because uh, when they gave the uh-oh cue, they're like, Greg, it's your cue, say uh-oh. And then I finally did it. There's a reason why I did this. And, um, I don't know if you know this, but, uh, I am officially an uncle now. That's right. My brother and sister-in-law, they had their, uh, little girl was born, uh, last week. And yes, yours truly, Greg Diener, now officially an uncle. So, I, I've not had a chance to see the baby yet. Uh, my parents, my mom and dad are in Philadelphia right now. They've been there since um, last Tuesday. I don't know when they're coming home, but yeah, I've been handling the fort down here and uh, the L I by myself, but yeah, I didn't handle it. So my parents keep texting me. Is like, Greg, are you all right? I'm like, yeah, m- yeah, mom. Yeah, dad. I'm I'm fine. Everything's fine. Uh, how are you? Yeah, I'll I'll see the probably see the baby sometime in the future at least. Um, they named the baby Sydney. That that, that like S Y D like like the actress Sydney Sweetie from Euphoria. So yeah, the baby's name is Sydney with a Y in the uh. After the S, so, yeah. Uh, backbreaker coming up from Terry Gibbs. One, a two, and a kick out. Oh man, not going after the pin hard, but I don't know it. I mean it just kind of sort of feels a little weird knowing that I'm, I'm now an uncle. So it's very weird. It's just, I don't know how I'm going to feel yet until it actually, until I actually see the baby. But yeah, it's, it's going to be good. I, I got the, um, I paid like $300 for like a stroller because my brother and sister-in-law were like, oh man, it's, it's so expensive. I mean, we're trying to get a stroller and we're like, you know, I, I have plenty of money. I, I can buy you a stroller because I have like, God, I must have like two, I have like a ridiculous, I save a ridiculous amount of money. You know, I always say on the podcast, I spend a ridiculous amount of money because I hate money. But I also save a ridiculous amount of money, too. Because I'm like, you never know when there's going to be a day when you're going to have to buy something that's worth a crap ton of money. And I had no idea that strollers were worth $300 or roughly at least $200. Dollars less than a PS5. I think the I think I still I think PS5 is up five hundred dollars. Is it? I mean, I never see a PS5 on sale because everyone buys them all the damn time. They're all sold out. Oh yeah, I was right. PS5 is five hundred dollars according to the PlayStation website. So a stroller is straightly two hundred dollars less than a PlayStation Five. Oh, a small package by Lanny. One, two, and a kick out by Gibbs. Ever body slam. As you go, oh, moonsault. One, a two. Ah, oh, he got him. Yeah, leaping Larry leap leap, got the dub. And this Boston crowd, they're going wild. They're like, Ah, Lanny. Yeah, Lanny, you won the match! And Lanny Len- just did a little flip. And he sh- he shakes the hands of some youngsters in the crowd. Now we're going to watch an instant replay. There's the, the body slam. Then Lanny goes up. It was-, it was from like the second... Lanny was on like the second his like foot was on the top rope while his other foot was on the the middle rope.
1: That was a weird moonsault, but it 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 got the job done.
0: Okay, we got the next match coming up. uh moon spot from ports unknown, and I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing ports unknown is the uh, your local trailer park somewhere. And his opponent Scott McGee, and of course, gorilla did Scott McGee did not get the best reception here in the Boston Garden. And now the ref's checking. Scott, oh, it's Danny Davis. I believe it's Danny Davis. Yeah. Well, Danny Davis, we all know, he's a, a. Uh, he favors the heels, so he does not have best of love to the babies. I'm not sure who the babyface is in this match. I'm not sure who the heel is in this match. And Moondark's body's rubbing his hair. I'm guessing he has a little dandruff. Maybe you can get some head and shoulders. Moondog spot. You can get that all cleared up real good. Okay, so let's talk about what we got coming up in the uh, next week here on the podcast. If I can get that up real quick. There it is. Google. Okay. Yeah, so let me just look to the, at least the next month or two. Um, We are going to do two wrestling-related things coming up in a few weeks. Um, If you know what wrestling-related event happens around January, you probably have a good idea what we're going to be talking about. Sort of. And then we're going to be talking about something that happened in wrestling the exact same night. Again, if you know what happens this time of year in January and what happened opposite the first iteration of this, you have a good idea. But then after that, I think it's the um, the last week in January of when we're taping, we're actually going to cover uh, good sports. Which was my pick for the election day episode, which lost. It's the um the 91 CBS sitcom with Ryan O'Neill and Farrah Fawcett. Basically, the reason I picked it is I remember this s- kind of getting a ton of hype. I remember seeing like s- things in it in Sports Illustrated as a kid. and I re- I remember this was hyped sorta. Because it's fair, I mean, obviously, Farrah Fawcett and Ryan O'Neill were going out at the time. I don't know if they were uh, married or not. I got to check good old Truth by Consensus Wikipedia. Oh, no, they were not married, but they were together from 1991 to 1997 and 2001 to the time of her death. So yeah, they never, they never married, but they were like together for a long time. It's got, kind of, it I guess it was kind of like a, um, Kurt Russell, Goldie Hawn thing where like they, they never have officially married, but they, they've been together like forever. You might as well assume that they are married. And then we'll be covering a, uh, Super Bowl. On this podcast in the first week of February. And it's a very uh, infamous Super Bowl. It's a more recent Super Bowl from the last 10-15 years. And I should say it's infamous for one particular incident. So that's your uh, tease for that. And then we'll be up to 350, which we'll be covering The Slap, which... Oh, dear Lord, that's been something I've been wanting to talk about since day one. The Slap. With Zachary Quinto and uh, Uma Thurman and um, Tandy Newton and a whole bunch of other people. I gotta wiki, The the Slap U.S. Because, yeah, people forget this is based the slap on an Australian series. Melissa George, Brian Cox, um, of um, Succession. And, um... Oh, wait, hold on a second. Victor Garber is the narrator of this show. And Victor Garber will be covering later this year in well, if you heard the uh, year end show in Port two, when I play the montage of all the stuff we'll be covering in 2023, yeah, we'll be covering I Had Three Wives. I won't say when, but we'll be covering it. And Blythe, Dan- Blythe Danner was in the cast of The Slap? Really? Yeah, well. Oh. Um. Yeah, Michael Nuri. Michael Nuri was in this. Really, the guy, the dude from Flashdance. Huh. And I love how the Wikipedia lists Zachary Quinto here in the cast. Zachary Quinto is Harry. I don't. Know, I'm not gonna pronounce his last name. I'm gonna butcher the hell out of that. But it says, the cousin of Hector, a rare auto dealer, and the deliverer of the titular slap. The, the deli- <laughs> Nothing has been more hilarious than me trying to read the deliverer of the titular slap. Just fantastic. Uh. Alright, let's get back to this match here. Cause I am uh, not paying attention to this. It's freaking Moondog Spot and Scott McGee. And Scott sends it oh George um oh. Scott hit his elbow into the post there. Oh knee of the mix section. And uh A kick. I got to check because this is um, Boston Gordon. I want to see on a basketball reference what the Celtics were doing. If they were on the road this night in 86. Look right here. Basketball reference. Scheduling results. Okay, they were on the road this night. They were playing the Kings in Sacramento. And believe it or not, the Celtics actually lost to the Kings one oh five to one hundred. It was their ninth loss of the season. They dropped the thirty eight and nine. The Kings went to twenty one and thirty. So let me read off the starting five for the Celtics here on the basketball reference box score. We got Dennis Johnson, Larry Bird, Scott Wedman, Robert Parrish, and Danny Ainge. Larry Bird with 29, Dennis Johnson, Robert Parish with 19, Scott Wedman with 10 points. Only four points for Danny Ainge. And let's go to the Kings. This is going to be real fun. Oh, hold on. Someone we talked about. Just last week, Reggie Theus was on the Kings roster. Because as we mentioned, or as Mike mentioned, Reggie Theus would have been traded to the Kings uh, after he, he, when he left uh, the, um, the Bulls. And then as we mentioned, he got traded with a draft pick to the Atlanta Hawks. And as Mike mentioned, that draft pick turned out to be That was traded with Reggie Theus. Elegante, a.k.a. The Giant Gonzalez. And that was absolutely fantastic. So yeah, Reggie Theus was on the Kings starting lineup with Mark Woodson, LaSalle Thompson, Mark Oberding, and Terry Tyler. And Mike Woodson, of course, would uh, I believe that's the, um, the future coach of the Knicks. Let me just look. Yeah, it is. That's the uh, future head coach of the Knicks, who's now the uh, head coach at uh, the University of Indiana. Now the head coach of the Hoosiers. So, yeah, Mike Woodson, City Light All Scoring with 27, LaSalle Thompson with 21, Uh, Mark Oberding with 12. Reggie only had eight points that night. Two for eight from the field. All said. Eddie Johnson, 22 points from the bench. Very impressive. And uh, back to the bench. Oh, Scott McGee, he landed on the floor. I guess he took a hard hard shot to the floor while I was looking up the basketball reference box. Oh, look at that. One of Boston's finest is helping him get back into the ring. Oh, that's nice. Good on you, Boston Cop, for helping Scott. And Moondog Spot, he's just ramming him. Okay, I figure Moondog Spot, definitely the heel here. Suplex Ooh. Jesse says that's what I love about him. It roughs him up and then makes a move like that suplex. Okay, off the rope. Up oh, crossbody. A one, a two. Oh no. And is he gonna small no it's just a pun. A one, a two. No, those are not good covers. A charge and a block, and that. Oh my goodness, Moondog Spotty tripped. That's like me, whatever. When I press the wrong button in like two K, and one of the players falls down or something, or or in Madden or whatever. Someone must have accidentally. Pressed like the flop button on Moondark Spot right there. Scotty trading some blows. Suplex. Oh yeah, shades of the Dynamite Kid's going to grow because if, yeah, because he's actually interviewed in the um, the dark side of the ring about the Dynamite Kid. He was like good friends with Dynamite Kid. That's a real good, but also very depressing episode of Dark Side of the Ring on Dynamite Kid. Oh, Moondog Spot, his hands are, are stuck in the ropes. And look at Danny Davis's help. Look at that. Danny Davis helping Moondog Spot get out of the ropes. Like I said, he's a, he's not a good man. If here, he'd say he's a bad mod. A two and a kick out. So I don't know if any, because this is uh, Monday. This, so this would be the day after the NFL regular season ended. So I don't know what head coach has been fired, because I've been working day today okay cliff kingsbury got fired that makes sense did not have a a great season at four and 13 obviously lovey smith retired oh we got a pin oh moondog was preoccupied with trying to get his bone Oh, so Jesse's like, what do you think the problem was? Scott got hungry? Yes! Yeah, so Scott McGee gets the win. Oh, that explains it. Oh, I'm watching the replay right here. Danny Davis. Oh, look, I understand why. Dog Spot, he's pushing Danny Davis, and he's probably. <laughs> oh, he's got. He had Danny Davis like pinned. Against him while he's trying to reach for the bone and then Dan Davis was like F this. I want this match to end. There you go, Scott McGee, you get the quick one, two, three. I just wanna go in the back and to catering or whatever. I don't even know if the WWF even had cater well, they were doing so much money in nineteen eighty six. I'm sure they they had to have some kind of like food in the back. Okay, what's the hell is this match right here? Okay, I'm going back. Oh, cousin. Oh, cousin Luke against Les Thornton. Oh, this is gonna be a. Oh, this is gonna definitely be a crap match. So, yeah, I'm looking at history. WWE. Com. This is three minutes of twenty eight seconds. So I'm not even gonna. Not even gonna bother with this crap. So let me get back to the. Google News right here. So, okay. Yeah, obviously Nathaniel had already got fired. Um, obviously, Jeff Saturday is not going to be the permanent coach in Indianapolis, so they're going to be looking for a new coach. Um, looking at si.com right here. And this is from uh Al- oh, it's from Albert Breer. Uh, the Texans are looking at Eagles coordinators Jonathan Gannon and Shane Stechen. and the Texans. I've heard that owner Cal McNair would be going. Uh, Patriot, pa- oh, New England, New England with his next coach GM pairing. Yikes doing going linebackers coach Jarrett Mayo and Steelers senior. Def- oh, Brian for Brian for, I didn't even know Brian Flores was now in the, um, now working with, um, Tomlin as an assistant after he got fired in Miami. And then, um, Yeah, looking. Let's see. Yeah, Mike Vrabel might be on the hot seat, and and just just a bunch of bunch of whatever. So, yeah.
1: Uh
0: Oh, Oh. Hogwar, Tennessee. What kind of name of a town is that? Probably learned both of these wrestling hogs, according to Jesse. And this, yeah, Les Thornton, he's getting boots of the. This is such a boring crap match. Hillbilly Jim bringing in members from his hillbilly family. He just splashed him! In the midsection, just literally sitting down. Cousin Luke won the match, literally, by sitting on the guy. That is awful. And the crowd goes mild. Mm. Awkward peacock. Fade out. Okay, now we got... Now we got a big match up here. All right, this is for the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship, guys. From Tacula, Mexico, which, by the way, is not a real place. Tito Santana. And he's got the Intercontinental Championships, which now is the, the iconic Intercontinental Championship design that has the uh, globe and everything. Very nice. And, yeah, here, here comes the Macho Man with Miss Elizabeth. That's Pop and Circumstances playing. And we got the security entourage of all the Boston police officers as their lead Macho Man and list the Ring right here. And Gorilla, really surprised that she would, Macho Man would let her out first, which, yeah, because you'd figure Macho Man with that
1: big ego would be like, oh, Liz, you, you think yeah, I'm going to be coming out first. I'm, I'm the Macho Man that came here to see me. They didn't come here to see you, Liz. And one fan
0: in the crowd, he brought a big, giant Macho Man sucks. Sign out to the crowd. I'm sure this kid worked very, very hard on the sign, and it's very nicely made. It wasn't like made with like, like how you see people with signs in this era. It's like maybe they wrote it on like a marker or a sharpie, or they made letters out with tape and they taped it onto some cardboard. No, no, this man made a. A very professionally made sign. Probably had it made out at like a print shop somewhere, like a professional print shop. Oh, this guy, this guy's got a trucker hat that's holding the sign. I gotta say, wherever you are, you're where. Oh, they, did they confiscate that sign? Oh, that, that's yeah, they confiscated the sign. Well, that stinks. Well, this is nineteen eighty six, so I guess "sucks" is a considered a bad word. But look at Macho Man; he's 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 using Liz as a human shield against Tito. And I gotta say that that isn't right. You you can't do that. You can't use your manager as like a human shield just because she's a woman. Yeah. Gorilla said, that's a coward's way. And I gotta grieve, Gorilla. And March, He gets his glasses taken off by Liz. So th- this is for all the Mormons. Now, just for y- you to know, this is not that Boston-Gordon match. That's a month later. And Randy just goes out and the the rope because he's
1: the heel, and it's like, Oh no, I'm not gonna start the match, but I'm gonna go outside the ring. And yeah, now I'm gonna jump in and back to the ring because that's and now I'm gonna escape the ring again because that's what I do. I want to get the crowd, I want to get them all upset. Yeah it's, yeah, it's righteous. You got a game plan, I got it, I got this all uh, ready. And, Hey, you guy in, uh, in uh, Craig James' uh, New England jersey. I just want you to know that uh, Craig James, he uh, killed five hookers. Yeah, he killed five hookers at SMU. And you know how I know that? Some guy named Mike Leach told me that. Uh, I'm sure this man's going to go on to some uh, bigger and better things. R.I.P. Michael Leach, we miss you.
0: That's really what the greatest uh, personalization of all time that Craig James did. Hashtag CJK5H. All
1: right. And Macho, he's just
0: he's not even wanting to bother with Tito. He just wants to play the crowd and there's no question in anybody's mind who the he's still ducking out go on randy get in the ring And Jesse is so agile getting to the top of the rope so quickly. Oh, oh, jeez, Jesse. Okay, I'm looking in the chat here. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, um, I guess Mike posted on Twitter today, because Wake Mortendale's YouTube channel posted something. It's a pilot called Let's Get Personal that has Larry Anderson, Sally Julian, and friend of the show, Tim Stack in it? And I have not um, seen it yet, but he he posted something about it onto the... um, the show twitter account let me try to play it right now you know speaking of the twitter account i just want to say something it's a good thing if you go back to when we did the Teocho show that mike did that whole thing with the um changing his twitter handle from his his handle to the Teocho show twitter handle Because I remember he originally wanted to do it with the show account and we were like, no, that's not a good idea. And if he did that now, I guarantee you with the current Twitter management that Mike probably would have gotten hit. We would have gotten hit. He probably would have gotten either his or our show account banned from Twitter for changing the handle or we couldn't be allowed to change it back to the original handle in like Six months or something stupid. Well, oh my God, Jack Campion is on this pilot. This let's get personal. Geez, yeah, Jack Campion. For those who don't know, he was on a whole bunch of game show pilots as a contestant. I think we talked about him in Second Chance, the ni- the nineteen seventy seven version of Second Chance. Obviously, the original version of Pressure Luck. Oh, Chuck Woolery. Chuck is in this? So you got Chuck, Tim Stack, and Sally Julian in one pilot, and Jack Campion? Oh my goodness, that is, wow. I gotta watch this one, this is, I'm done here watching this uh, house show. I mean I think have I think the only Chuck show we've done is um we did think like a cat like way back in episode 5 with that's my dog. Yeah, that was like in the early days of the podcast when we were doing once a week shows where sometimes we actually would cover like two shows in the same episode. Uh-oh. A macho He's going to go, one, two, nope. Oh, a big concern there on the face of Liz. As Randy's got a chin lock on Tito. What are they chanting? (laughs) They're they're chanting Tito, but.
1: Jesse thinks they're chanting Chico, Chico. Oh, God. Uh, I,
0: I, lo- I love old WWF, but oh, my God. The the, the casual 80s racism of the day uh, does not age well. No, it does not age well at all. So Savage I'm trying to think he he's only been in the company since I want to say fall of 85 cuz he would have been uh fin- he would just finished his run in uh, Memphis cuz for those who don't know Randy Savage was in what I guess you would consider in outlaw territory if in Memphis if you want to say that his father ran, which was um, Andrew Papo, which was ICW, I believe, was the name of it. And, like, for many, many years on the TV, he would constantly challenge Jerry Lawler and, and say he was a coward. Every... So, like, one day in 1983, like, Randy Savage, like, randomly shows up on Memphis TV, on the Memphis TV programming. And just openly challenges Jerry Lawler to a fight or a match. And if you can look at it on YouTube, it's like, Randy comes into the uh, Memphis TV studio, and it's uh, Lance Russell and and Dave Brown. (laughs) And I guess Randy's there with Angelo, and freaking Lance Russell's like, Angelo, please tell your son to stop. Causing havoc out here, or or somewhat, it's an amazing moment. It was kind. Of, it's kind of like if somebody. I'm trying to think of the equivalent. It would be kind of like if somebody from like AEW showed up on WWE TV out of nowhere. All right. Back to the match here. So Santana just close. Santana just got closed on by Brandy, and there's a two count there. And Jesse's teasing the elbow. He may- saying uh, he may finish him up, Gorilla. And we got a sleeper. Hold on.
1: Oh. Well,
0: Chico, you got to make sure Danny doesn't raise your arm because he might, as we saw in uh, like a match or two ago, he might quickly raise your arm quickly down three times. Remember that next month, Tito? Remember that? Oh, he's fading. One. Get that arm up again. Two. One more, it's over. It's a... Oh! No wait, what what? Oh the Oh the timekeeper. He must have gotten a little giddy. He thought that the timekeeper thought that the arm was down the third time and he prematurely rang the bell. Grill saying No, that was a Jesse was like, did he submit? And Grill was like, No. That was a mistake on part of the timekeeper. That was a very oh Oh nobody home there. I think I think Randy might have hit his head on the mat. And a punch and another punch. And now Randy's trapped against the ropes. And Tia's like, yeah, I got him. I got him right where I want him. These to the face. All right. Now Macho's free. And Macho Man just threw him this to the floor. He's coming up. Is he going to? He's going to. 15. No, grill. That's not 15 to 20 feet. That's more like two or three feet. I know pro wrestling is known to, to exaggerate some things, but 15 feet to the arena. No, no. Yeah. get, Get Tito back in the ring. You can't win a belt on a count out. Come on, Tito. Get back in the ring. Oh, punch, punch and another punch. Punch. Ah, uh, Tito. Nice. All right. Get back in the ring. All right. Tito's now back in the ring. Tito going back. Uh, elbow. I got. I always loved Tito. He was always like somebody get I, I I like anything Tito. Whether he's in Strike Force, whether he's in uh whether he was the Matador later on. Ah, flying for him, flying for him by Tito, sends Macho Man right to the arena floor. Liz is out. Liz is like, Oh, Randy, right, you all right? Oh no, now he's. Oh God. Oh, he pushed, Randy pushed her. And now, oh, now Randy, Tito was just going up to check on Elizabeth. Make sure he he was, and now the ref, I'm guessing, uh, a count out, a count out. This is crap. This is, this is, this is, I don't agree with this decision at all by Danny Davis. That is ridiculous. So, like, okay, so we I know that next month Savage wins the title from Tito here at the Boston Guard at the next monthly house show, but it's like they set up this match by having R- Randy win by count out, but not, I win the, this, this, this is like weird booking here. Yeah, as the ring announcer says, title cannot change hands on countouts, so therefore still the Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion, Tito Santana. See, so yeah, getting back to Tito a little bit, yeah. I I had a little kid is um El Matador figure. I'm trying to think. Maybe my parents got that figure at like a Toys R Us or a KB. For like maybe Easter of ninety four, that was a good figure. Like for some, because Hasbro would reuse like some of the um the body shapes for like later WWF figures because they used the um the same like body shape for uh Jake the Snake Roberts for Tito. And actually, they also did the same thing for with um, Virgil. And actually, as I look behind me, I've, I see the uh, the Virgil figure hanging right on my bookcase. He is a glorious figure of Virgil. I hope because I know there's um, there's this one place on um, online called Wrestling Figure Workshop that sells like. Uh, figure belts for the old WWF Hasbro and WCW glue figures and they made like accessories like uh, as we see Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff and Bruno San Martino against Roddy Piper and Cowboy Bob Orton and Mr. Wonderful and Bruno are giving their shots here on Roddy and Orton with two thunderous pops here from this Boston Garden crowd Yeah, Wrestling Figure Workshop, it's a great store. They got, like, accessories for some WWF Hasbro figures. They have, like, a briefcase for the IRS figure, which obviously is great because IRS being a tax man, of course, he's got to have, like, his little briefcase to to, uh, take with him to the ring. And they also have the uh, little cattle prod for the Mountie. The shock stick that I think I talked about with Chico in one episode, the um the shock stick that would was full of electricity that the Mountie would use to shock people. It would make an obviously dubbed in stock noise of electricity, like oh. Pulling, ramming, cowboy Bob Wharton's head right into the uh, the top turnbuckle. Mister Wonderful's like, ha! Oh, you wait! You want me to tag in Bruno? You want me to tag in? There you go! Yeah. All right. no, no, Roddy tagged, freaking Orton All right. Ace is the one that Pearl. I always love when Gorilla makes a like, whenever he talks about a dastardly attack, he always refers to it as a Pearl Harbor job. <laughs> Again, a lot of casual 80s racism in the WWF at this time. And now oh, now we go, Bruno and, oh, now Piper's just getting, now Bruno's gonna go chasing him on the outside. Oh, now, oh, this is just, that's Dastry, Orton, see, no, uh Piper's got a wooden chair. Oh, right in the back. Oh. This has turned into a hardcore match all of a sudden. Wonderful just threw the uh, chair into the ring. The referee's like, no, I can't have, I can't have this, this madness with wooden chairs. And Roddy just pushed the uh, the makeshift wooden steps. Which, oh yeah, he just ran Bruno into them. I don't know, I think wood, if, I'm trying, kayfabe-wise, I'm trying to think. If you're rammed into wooden steps in wrestling, I think that's gotta hurt less than getting rammed by metal steps. Because I think metal metal would hurt more than wood. And I should know because around Christmas time I was helping move a table for my brother and I tripped and fell like on the metal piece of the table that was like, that's, that was supposed to be right below the table and it hurt like absolute hell. I think I still got like if you took a look at my leg um there's still some like redness in some parts it's been like two weeks since I fell and it I mean when when I fell it literally felt like I was being shot I felt like someone had shot me in the leg it was that painful Okay, let's get back to the match here. We got Donnie Burke going on, Mister Wonderful trying to pile drive Roddy, in and then oh, Ace Cowboy with the with the with the cast. That's ridiculous. Cowboy Bob Orton has had that injury for like so long, and that cast for so long. That injury has had to have healed by now. That's just two. Ah, kick out. Mr. Wonderful is kicked out. Oh, thankfully the match is still allowed to go on. Oh, thank heavens. Oh, geez, I just turned on the um, the college football playoff championship game, and it's ten nothing Georgia with six fifty one to go in the uh, first quarter. Well, I kind of figured that. Um, me and Chico were talking about the uh, game. Leading up to her on the pre-show on Friday and I brought up that the uh, line for the game was Georgia by 12 points which I guess I'm not shocked that the line was that high given that obviously Georgia has been dominant all year and obviously they got to be favored the defending national champions but I would have figured you'd give Georgia nine or I mean, a nine or nine and a half would be the line for a championship game. But I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a bookie. I don't ever want to be a bookie. I don't want to be the guy that's in charge of making odds or handicapping that. I'll leave that up to the people in Vegas to do that. Okay, that's his match. Piper is laying on blows on Mister Wonderful. And Mister Wonderful, he's he's tired. Obviously, Piper and Ace Cowboy they got the advantage right here. Oh my God! He just moved. He just moved. Rowdy Piper, Mister Wonderful just. Gave- They got a full, the crowd here in Boston, they got a full moon. And this crowd's got, Roddy, pick up your pants. What do you, come on, you got to pick up your pants.
1: (laughs) He's still got, oh, he's he's giving,
0: Roddy's certainly giving the people here in Boston a show. Moon over Miami, am I right? And a big back body drop by Mr. Wonderful. And a clothesline. Oh, wait, we didn't get an opening bell according to Jesse. Well, so how is the match officially started? I don't. Did they just say F? Well, considering the last match, the timekeeper prematurely rang the bell. I'm guessing they probably were like, "No, time keep time." I guess maybe the timekeeper got a like nice stern warning in the back or whatever. And he didn't come back in time. I guess they don't have like a backup timekeeper here at the Boston Garden. Bruno, he's he's ramming hot rod all over the place. Referees distracted with Bruno and Piper. Bruno, he's throwing the chair, the wooden chair, right back at Piper. And the referee's ringing the bell. I'm guessing, yeah, I'm guessing Bruno got counted out. Jeez, back-to-back count-out victories. What the hell? According to Jesse Piper and Bruno, they were the legal men in the ring. We're going to get an announcement from the, uh, announcer. Yeah, that's official. Ace Cowboy and Roddy Roddy Piper are your winners. A very disappointing loss for Mr. Wonderful and Bruno Sammartino here. And Bruno's trying to get clarification from the ring announcer. It's like, uh, I don't know what to tell you, Bruno. You didn't get back in the ring in time. So, yeah. Yeah, we're watching the replay. Mr. Wonderful, he made the tag to Bruno. Bruno threw Roddy outside on the second rope. And this is where it all... Referee kept counting, kept counting. And then, yeah, here we go. Bruno's just going to throw the chair at Piper. And then Roddy's probably smart. He's like, oh, wait, ref, you just counted nine. I'm just going to get underneath the ring here. And there you go. That's why Roddy's such a good wrestler. He's so smart. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I just watched, turned out, looked over the, um, Championship game, number eleven on TCU. He made one hell of a catch there, probably about six, about fifty, sixty yards. Okay. Oh yeah, Terry Funk, podcast favorite Terry Funk here, taking on former WWF champion Pedro Morales. And for those that probably are not as familiar with the uh, the sport of professional wrestling Pedro Morales the first person in the history of the WWF to win all three major championships the world heavyweight title the intercontinental title and the tag team title and of course at this time Terry Funk would be managed by the mouth of the south Jimmy Hart so Jimmy Hart in Terry Funk's corner right here and actually if you're like me and you follow the goings on with um WWE action figures. There's actually like a recent like two pack that Mattel released in the, um, I think it's called the Coliseum collection. It's like a vintage line of action figures done like with retro LJN style packaging. And it's um, of Terry Funk and Hulk Hogan. And they're in their outfits from their LJN figures. And the box has like their, also they like their exact poses from the LJN figures, but unlike the LJN figures which had no articulation whatsoever, the the figures of Terry and the Hulkster they actually do have articulation. It's they're very nice figures. I if I ever see that Terry figure like loose somewhere, I I'd like to have it. I would like. I've never had a Terry Funk action figure. And and uh, Gorilla talking about Terry Funk's ranch. Who would ever call their property the Double Cross Ranch? Well, that man called his property the Double Cross Ranch. and obviously Terry's trying to play up and he wants to wants Pedro to lose his cool some slaps there but Pedro slapping Terry around here and Jimmy on the megaphone he's like come on Terry come on that's all right, baby. Hi, right, Terry Kids, Get on the outside Terry, uh, Wait, Jimmy Hart never sleeps. Oh my God! Pedro just went on the outside right right to Gorilla and uh, Jesse right there. Gorilla and Jesse are like right outside the ring with like a big wooden table. And jeez, lucky Pedro didn't land on that on the wooden table. And Terry getting gotta get Getting into it with some of the people in this Boston crowd right here. Terry might take the, might have a match with the entire crowd here at the Boston Garden. That'd be awesome. I would love to have, I'd love to see Terry just take on everybody here in the crowd here in Boston. Be a hell of a show. Okay, TCU they just scored a touchdown. It's, what is it, 445 left in the first quarter. And they're going to kick the extra point. There it is. Okay, 10-7 Georgia right now. It'd be very something if uh, TCU can pull off the upset here, because I, I always appreciate TCU. I love Vark. In fact, if I could say of all the mascots in college football, I love Big Red of Western Kentucky, but i got to be quite honest with you. Super Frog, I love Super Frog. I mean, he's, what else is there to say about Super Frog? He's a Super Frog. It's in the name, Super Frog. And I, I, I would, I'd love to go to like a football game and have my mascot be a Super Frog. I, I, look at, if you ever look at Super Frog, he seems like an awesome mascot to hang around. I would, lo- I would love to. To I, My dream is su- to meet Super Frog. If I had to name top five mascots I, I'd want to meet, it'd be uh, number one. I mean, I've, I've met Mr. Met. So I've met him many times. So it's like I, I don't need to have Mr. Met in my top five mascots I want to meet because whoa, Terry just he tried to slap Gorilla. Jesse's like, I think he wants a piece of you, Gorilla. And somewhere a young Zachary Quinto sees this and is like, I'm going to keep this in the back of my mind after seeing Terry nearly slap Gorilla Monsoon's headset off. Gorilla's like, I'll get a payback shot. Says, hi on the lake, I'll get back in the ring, but it might take place in a, a, back alley somewhere." I, I like to see a back alley brawl between the Funker and the Gorilla. Gorilla's own words be a main event anywhere in the country. But okay, let's get back. Top five mascots I, I want to meet in person. Uh, Gritty has to be number one. Uh, Orbit of the Houston Astros. I you you'll notice I like the the fat mascots. The fat mascots to me are, are more fun. I like mascots that have a little chub to their belly, because I can relate to them. Uh blue, the mascot for the Indianapolis Colts, and then uh four is obviously Big Red, and then last but not least is Super Frog. So that that's my five. It's it's gritty, orbit, blue, big red, and super frog. Okay, Jimmy Hort's getting dis- distracted the ref, and Terry's choking out Pedro Morales for a rope. Ref! What, what are you? You did a terrible job there. In the mouth of the South, he's giving Terry some instructions. And he's distracting the ref again. What Ref! Pay attention to what's going on. And now Pedro's got the rope, and he's choking Terry with it. And yeah, Pedro, smart Pedro. Put the put the tape into your trunks so nobody can see that. and the crappy wooden steps, they fall down right here. Does that guy on the outside here at the Boston Gordon, does he have, like, dyed rainbow hair? Are we going to have another Count At finish here? Are we seriously going to have three count-out finishes in a row?
1: Well,
0: the ref stopped counting, thank God. Well, pa- pa- oh, my God, Pedro, this is not good. You're climbing to the top rope. Oh, no, he now no, that, that was stupid. I'm not going to do that. And Terry... He just he just fell flat face first to that hard wooden floor. Terry probably has a massive concussion. He doesn't know where he is. I don't know what you could call the it's not exactly the parquet floor. I'm guessing it's like just the floor that they use before they like put in like the ice or the um the basketball court or whatever at the boston Garden. pedro winding up terry's like, oh. he's like a drunk at 3 a.m and he's like where are you put up your dukes Oh Terry goes over the top and onto the floor and going to the aid uh what a... so i I don't know if I told you this as um Pedro is chasing. Jimmy around. But I did get a new laptop for um, Christmas. It's a new gaming laptop. It's an an MSI Raider um, GE76 that I got at um, my parents got at Costco. This was my uh, Christmas gift from them. And it's a good laptop. And I've been mainly using it to uh, play some games on Steam. I've uh, played the Spider-Man Remastered game on it. It's awesome. I have the PS4 game. I don't have the PS5, obviously. So, I haven't been able to play that on PS5. But the PC version, absolutely fantastic. It's absolutely magnificent. And I've been having a lot of fun replaying the Spider-Man PS4 game again. Because, obviously, it is one of my favorite games of the last couple years. The Spider-Man PS4 game. Because it feels like I'm Spider-Man. And Terry, did you get the three count? I don't think he got the three count. No, he got the three count. Because the timekeeper, he rang the bell. The ref didn't even see it. Oh, that's ridiculous. We're going to get the official word here from the uh, ring announcer. And there's the uh, guy with the rainbow. There's the uh, attendant from the Boston Garden. He's got the dyed rainbow hair right there. Well, that would have been kind of like a thing at this time because I think wasn't the uh, wasn't there that, that rainbow wig guy that would go to all the sporting events who turned out to be absolutely nuts yeah okay we're gonna watch the replay right here oh no I think Terry did Terry get a mood no I think it's like a oh no yeah he moved too Jesus, there's so many wrestlers, Roddy got his pants pulled down, Terry got his pants pulled down, do any of these wrestlers know, okay, you. this is being, like, taped for, like, Nessun, you gotta, like, you gotta pull your pants up, buddy, you're on, like, I know you're on, like, regionalized sports television, but, I mean, come on. 30 minute time limit. Oh, hold on. Let me just look. Oh, God. It's George Wells against Iron Mike Sharp. Oh, this is going to be terrible. So, this is kind of like a pee break match right here because we're like one match left for the main event. Oh my good they aired Terry Funk against Pedro Morales according to history of WWE dot com on Primetime Wrestling as late as August of nineteen eighty six? What? Cause some of these matches I see aired on the um from this show aired on the February twenty fourth episode of Primetime Wrestling of eighty six. The uh Gibbs match, the McGee Moondark Spot match, Piper and Orton against Orndorff and Bruno and this match. And then for some reason, they they don't air the Terry Funk-Pedro Morales match until August of 86. I don't know. Wait a minute. What the hell did Mike just send me? What the? What in God? He sent me the million-dollar word game? Oh. Oh my God! No, Mike! Why? Why did you have to send me the million-dollar word game? Oh, I'm gonna, Mike. He put what I put in the in my private Facebook chat I had with Mike. Why? Did you send me this? And Oh, my God, there's an opening. There's, like, a promo bed for Chuck, from Chuck Woolery because this aired on America 1, saying, this is Chuck Woolery from the Data Game, and you're watching America 1. Did they take this at, like, Napti or something? Oh, my God, this is a ter- this is a terrible game. Oh, Mike sent me like the million dollar word game. It's like this Canadian game show. Like, I gotta say it was about, I want to say maybe 20 years ago. And it's, it's literally one of the worst pieces of crap I've ever seen in my life. And we have it on the list and we're probably eventually, well, we're going to have to probably put it on the schedule after Mike just sent it.
1: Oh, a oh, gr- Jesse
0: does not consider the Canadian Football League footballing well. I can is and Jesse is complaining how he doesn't consider the CFL legitimate because there's no backfield in motion and it's three downs and fields wider, which. Yeah, there's some very legitimate points, and oh, this is George Wells. He's not good. Like I think, like his the most memorable thing about George Wells was him losing to Jake the Snake at WrestleMania Two, and the not coming out of his nose as Jake put the snake on him. He put Damien on him. Jesse saying, Iron Mike Short bears a resemblance to Superman. I do, no, no, Jesse. He does not look remotely like Christopher Reeve. You don't look like George Reeves to me. Uh te- why why do we have to see a test of strength spot here between these two Jesse, one thing you don't have to worry about. Sharp will not pull hair on George Wells because he's bald.
1: George Wells does not have any hair.
0: All right, I got to look because I mentioned the Celtics earlier. The Bruins, I got to see if they were playing that night. I already mentioned the Celtics lost to the Kings the night this happened. In January of 1986, on the 11th. So let me just look. Okay, going to HockeyReference.com. Butch Goring was coaching the uh, the Bruins at this time. How long would he have just? How long would he have been retired from? Cause I'm trying. Okay, let me just find Butch Goring goring and hockey reference because i don't remember him much as a coach at all i remember him as an announcer with the islanders okay his last year would have been from uh he split time with the islanders and the um bruins his last year in 80 butch goring in 84 85 so I'm guessing it must have been like a, a Gorf Snow thing where he went from being an NHL goalie to the GM of the Islanders. It was kind of like that, where it's like, hey, hey Butch. I think the Bruins probably said, hey, Butch scoring, do you want to coach the Bruins? And he was probably like, yeah, I got, no- I got nothing better to do. I'm near the end of my career. I've won a couple of cups with the Islanders. Uh, yeah, I guess. And, uh, let's see. i get the schedule right here. The Bruins were 37-31-12 and, and finished third in the Adams division. So, uh, if Keith Langston is listening, uh, Keith, could you, uh, could you ask uh, Peter Winston how good the, uh, Bruins were in 86? Like, how, like, what were the promising players on the Bruins in 86? Because I, I probably wouldn't know anybody other than Ray Bork. Um Okay, the the Bruins were in Chicago at Chicago Stadium that night against the Blackhawks. And they lost five to four. And let me see the scoring summary. Okay, it was like it was a high-scoring game in the first period. It ended 4-2 after the first period. Daryl Sutter and Steve Warmer scored in the first period for the Blackhawks. Al Saccord scored two goals in the uh, first period. Jeff Cortnall and Ken Lensman had the goals for the Bruins. And then the Bruins tied it in the second period when goals from Mike O'Connor and Keith Crowder and then the Blackhawks scored the lone goal in the third period which gave them the win scored by Dennis Savard assisted by Al Secord and Steve Lummer. And do they have a they have stars of the game here? No, they don't have stars of the game. Oh, Mike oh, Mike Milberry committed, let me see, committed two penalties in this game for the Bruins, cross-checking. At 11.57, then immediately after he gets to the penalty box, he commits interference. Oh, that's... And, and he had also had another period penalty in the second period for high sticking. Yeah. Mike Milbury. Fuck. Even... One thing me and my brother agree... We don't agree on much with hockey, considering I'm a Rangers fan and he's an Islanders fan. But one thing we both agree on, Mike Milbury absolutely... SUCKS! The worst... I talked about Gorf Snow earlier. And while he was obviously not a good Islanders GM, compared to, like, Mike Milbury, he's like, I don't know, friggin', uh, Gwen Suter next to, uh, no Glenn, no, Glenn Saver. He's Glenn Saver. I don't know why I said Glenn Suter. Maybe I had Bruce Suter, the Hall of Fame pitcher, on my mind. Okay, good. Yeah, the match is definitely shifting in Iron Mike Sharp's favor. Okay, that's good, Jesse, because I don't care. Oh, just uh, freaking Iron Mike Sharp. He's his elbow pad. He's playing something around with that elbow pad. Oh, shoulder block. It says that's the ending of the match. A shoulder block, really?
1: Ugh.
0: All right, we're going to get the announcement right here. Well, oh, thank God this friggin' match is over. All right, we're going to watch the replay. George. Goes in. Oh, the shoulder tackle. Uh, Jesse, the big Canadian football league shoulder block. Because George Wells played in the CFL. Get it? All right, now we're going to have our main event of the evening. Okay, we got i you got the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov taking on the team of Corporal Kirshner and the Junkyard Dog. Corporal Kirshner was the uh, WWF's like great value attempt at Sergeant Slaughter after you left to go to the AWA because the WWF was like, "Oh, so Sergeant Slaughter, you want that GI Joe money? Well, we'll have our own version of you." With blackjack and hookers. Okay, I think Nikolai's gonna sing here. Okay. Nikolai's gonna sing the Russian national anthem, so we're, I'm gonna stand for this. I'm gonna honor this. <laughs> Oh, uh, oh, 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 come on. Show Nikolai some respect. Oh. How dare, how dare this crowd from Boston? Well, we all know a lot. There's a lot of things about Boston that they're that are kind of despicable for obvious reasons, but. You got to show Nikolai's – you can't disrespect his culture like that. I'm sure – yeah, I'm sure we know now that the Russians are obviously right now doing some bad things, but – come on. You can't – you you don't want to disrespect his culture. Come on. Okay, we got grab them cakes playing, so – yes, crowd's going nuts. Jesse's like, is grab them cakes the junkyard dog? Steve, the new thief to the 82nd Airborne? Where well, I certainly hope so. In this crowd, they love the junkyard dog. Everybody who doesn't love the junkyard dog, I mean, come on. He came out. He got a chain. He has a chain with him. He has thump on the back of his tights. His LJN figure was the best. There's nothing more. There's nothing more awesome than that junkyard dog, LJN figure. Crowd trading. Yes. Oh, this, the uh, national championship right now, though.
1: Getting
0: a little out of 10. Stetson Bennett just scored a touchdown. And it is a uh, extra point. It's going to be, t- it's now 24-7 Bulldogs. Ugh. I don't know. I'm starting to think that 12-point line was a little, uh, a little generous. If I was, uh, if I took the under, which I'm not because I don't bet, I'd be, uh, very much sweating bullets right now. And cheeky baby, showing off.
1: Look at my muscles. Look at my muscles here. Bust it Gamma Man zoom it.
0: I never thought I'd hear Jesse and Gorilla talk about what the qualifications are for the Navy SEALs. Yeah, they're sure aware of the rules are right, Gorilla. Wink, wink. Okay, so the so Corporal Kershner, he's gonna go first here. Who's gonna go first? Come on, is who's gonna take it first? Sheik or Nikolai? I don't know, I think if I were coming up with strategy, I think I I think Sheik should go first. Come on, guys, make up your minds. Okay, yeah. She Sheiki's gonna go first against Corporal Kirschner. So okay, as I noted, this episode's gonna be released on Wednesday when I put this up on Podbean. So if you're listening to this on Podbean on Wednesday the eleventh, tomorrow will be Double Trouble, which is Chico's Money in the Bank pick. And as you know, Mike's Money in the Bank pick for uh, early March is going to be Madam's Place, which I am. Mike, I know you just sent me the million-dollar word game, but I'm going to say this. You don't know Jack. Stinker. The Hudson Brothers Razzle Dazzle Show. Stinker. If Madam's Place is a stinker, I'm going to be a very unhappy person. I'm going to be a very unhappy person. Because, okay, this is some behind the scenes stuff. Because when we taped the Hudson Brothers Razzle Dazzle Show, so we taped that around the same time as the same night as uh, the U.S. version of Kath and Kim in the Power Rangers. Dino Thunder, bad American dubbing episode. If you listen to those episodes of the archives, I am kind of out of it. I'm out of it. I'm disinterested, and I think it. It's also because when we tape those episodes, it was like forty eight hours into the war in Ukraine, so I had no. I was like in no mood to record an episode. I remember that night, let alone three, and especially the Hudson Brothers Razzle Dazzle show. So it's like, if you listen to those episodes, like I am, my mind mentally is like checked out because it's like, I'm just thinking at that point, like is something going to unexpectedly happen where I'm probably going to die in the next couple hours or not or something really unforeseen but no it didn't that didn't uh thankfully happen but for a while there that night i was worried oh my god this is how my life's gonna end i'm gonna die while talking about the freaking hudson brothers razzle dazzle show That's another reason why that will go down as one of of the the absolute worst subjects we've ever recorded on the podcast. And there's been a lot of stinkers. Now, I wouldn't say a lot of stinkers. There's some dogs of shows that we've managed to turn into like some good episodes like I don't know. We got it made, which is, I think it was episode 66. That's not a good show, but I think for what we covered, that was a a good episode, but the Hudson Brothers Razzle Dazzle show. Oh, I, I never want to, I never want to see or think about that show again for the rest of my life. If I went the rest of my life without thinking about the Hudson Brothers Razzle Dazzle show, I think I die a happy man. I'm not gonna lie. All right, quick tag here, back here as Corporal's gonna go off the second rope onto Nikolai, going to work on the left arm. I wonder if Corporal Kirshner, does he wear those, does he wear that mil? is he supposed to wear those military uh, fatigues everywhere he goes, being a corporal and all? Is he supposed to be like one of those guys that's supposed to live his gimmick like 24 hours a day, seven days a week? I don't know. And the crowd here in Boston, they're chanting USA, USA, and garbage is being pelted to uh, Sheik and Volkov because they're dastardly foreign heels. Sheik's like, look at my muscles! I'm showing off my muscles! Look at that! And he's spitting on the corporal. I hope Up puts somebody in the camel clutch. I don't care if it's the corporal, I don't care if it's JYD. I want to see him try to humble somebody old country way tonight. Okay. All domino stretch here by Sheiky.
1: Uh
0: cor- Corporal is getting that energy from the crowd. He's like, yes, the strength of America. The strength of America is powering Corporal Kirshner. Ashiky's setting him up. Is he going to do it? Yes. Is he going to do it? Yes. Yes. He's got it. He's got the camel clutch. It's all over unless JYD can do something. Come on, make him submit, Ashiky. Make him say uncle. Nikolai, what... Oh, look what you did. You distracted the ref. And JYD. you did that. Nikolai, why'd you do that? And now Tag. Nikolai is now in the ring with the corporal. Body slam. Ah, oh, big jumping boot. That sure as hell has got to hurt. Oh. I'm going to tag back to Sheik. Are we going to have it get a suplex? No! Corporal's going re- to... Is he going to... No! Is Corporal going to reverse it? Yeah, he got it! He got it reversed! Ooh. No, um. and now here's the part where it's like, oh, both men they're so hurt they gotta slowly, they gotta slowly crawl to the ring, and then Sheiks is gonna make the tag to Volkoff, and then I bet your Corporal's gonna make the fast tag over to Jyd. Is he gonna? Yeah, there. Yeah, I told you. And now J.Y.D.'s, oh, double knocker-knocker. Clothesline.
1: One.
0: Shiki pushed the ref. That's a DQ. That was an obvious DQ right there. I don't know what the ref was doing. All right, Mike just texted via the. This is, his this is the answer I said to Mike after he sent me the million-dollar word game. When I said, "Mike, why did you send me this?" He said, "I care." Well, I got a response from him. care. Yeah, care my ass, care my ass, Mike. That's what I have to say about the million-dollar word game. Okay, right, ref's distracting. Was he? Oh my God. Nikolai Volkov found two metal chairs, and he threw them right at Corporal Kircher. Ref was turned around. What? Oh, he got, they got the pin. Ref never saw the steel chairs, and that gives Sheik and the Volkov the victory, as they're just being pelted with garbage. This crowd here at the Boston Gardens, disgusted. So, Shiki, baby, and Nikolai victorious, and we're gonna watch a replay coming up in a second. As the one, one lady in the crowd just waved the crowd like,
1: "Hey, I'm on TV!" All
0: right, there was a Donnie Brook going on, Corporal with a jumping headbutt. Ref was distracted with JYD. That here's the there's the two chairs, just throws them right at Kirshner while the referee is distracted. And there's a the one, two, three. That's it. So Nikolai and the Sheik, they're your winners. They're victorious over Junkyard Dog and Corporal Kirshner. And now, Gorilla and Jesse are going to wrap this up. a tremendous job at the new England sports network. All right. Thanks gorilla. Oh my God. What a dynamite show t- that was here tonight. And uh, I, I gotta say probably not the best card in the world. Obviously the Philadelphia crowd, they got a much better show with the Hulkster and Andre against uh stud Bundy and the brain. But, yeah they they set up some big matches cuz the next show obviously the next monthly house show is uh um Tito and Savage in their rematch for the Intercontinental title and you know what happens in that match but there's a big cage match the following month between uh Bruno Martino and Roddy Piper which is an excellent cage match so if you are done watching this maybe afterwards you watch that February 86 house show on Peacock or WWE Network, if you still have that, because that is an excellent house show. I think most I mean, most of the Boston Garden house shows from 88 are on, not 80, 86. The 86 Boston Garden house shows are on uh, Peacock slash WWE Network. And also, I think they had within the last, uh, like, six months, some of the uh, Canadian house shows from, like, Maple Leaf Gardens in the 88, 88 well, the '88 section, not '86. I talking? 6 '86, Probably because they were both years the Mets won like a uh, hundred games and made the playoffs those years. That's probably why I have '86 and '88 confused my mind. So, yeah, of course, I'll have to because I always bring back to the Mets. Obviously. Ugh. Well, that's gonna do it for this um, experimental. Uh, solo, it was a thing on TV Presents live watch of this, uh, WWE old school on Peacock. And I, I hope you enjoyed it. I don't know how well received this is, but you know what? For uh, something that's two hours, not bad. Just a lot of things, you know, me becoming an uncle, uh, um, the vacancies in the NFL, um, uh, Moon Dark Spot's hair—it was very uh, uh geez, right. Moon Dark Spot, get some head and shoulders, will ya? But yeah, a fun night of shows and I, uh, wrestling, and we got a fun bunch of shows coming up for you in the weeks and months ahead. Here, at it was the thing on TV. So until then, I'm Greg, signing off, and we'll see you for the next one real soon. Have a good night, everybody.